to the Age Gap Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to Mart, who did a gap year and did some military service. Okay, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, so hello everyone. Uh, my name is Mart. I'm from Tallinn, the capital city of Estonia. Uh, I'm 20 years old and uh, yeah, uh, basically I took a cap here to complete my military service and then I came to Sjonspo, simple as that. Mm-hmm. To give us more background, do you want to talk a little bit about what kind of high school you went to and what that looked like? Uh, yeah, so I went to a public high school in Estonia, uh, which was uh, quite highly ranked, but uh, uh, it was more related to my interests in middle school. I really wanted to become a programmer, so I went to a, a high school uh, focused on the sciences. But I realized quickly that it's not really for me. And I realized I'm much more interested in the political sciences, uh, history, especially Asian. Uh, so Sciences Po and the uh, program was like perfect for me. So you graduated in 2021 high school? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. So did you decide to go to Sciences Po before you took your gap year or during your gap year? Uh, basically... I decided to go to the military uh, before, uh, so I decided it like uh, during high school, not the last year. So I knew I was going to take a year anyways, and then four months before graduating, I decided to come to Sjonspo, and I was looking into whether it's possible for me to complete the military service before, and it turns out it was possible, so it also fit with my uh, future path, so... I decided to make that decision. Cool. So do you want to explain a bit more about what military service looks like in Estonia for people that have no idea what it's about? Yes, of course. So uh, unfortunately, we live uh, next to not the most friendly country in the world, as you might know, uh, Russia. And uh, that is why since uh, the beginning of uh, our current independence in 1991, uh, we have uh, had a compulsory military service, well, to protect us against the potential threat. And uh, this is required for all males between the ages of 17 and 27. And getting out of it is quite difficult. Historically, it depended because, uh, during, for example, the 2008 financial crisis, it was quite easy to get out of it because actually many people wanted to get into the army because it had provided a stable salary. Uh, not a real salary, but just a place to live and food, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but now, again, when the uh, international threats are rising, uh, it's very hard to get out of it, except if you have a very serious uh, health problem. Or if you declare that you're a pacifist, then you will be put into an alternative service, which is usually teaching uh, disabled people or something along the lines of that. And uh, the length of the military service is either 8 or 11 months, which is actually quite short compared to, for example, Singapore or South Korea. So in that case, it's pretty nice. Uh, It depends if you want to just be a private or uh, be promoted to a sergeant. Uh, Then you have to do the full 11 months. Uh, I decided to do just 8 months because I wasn't really interested in becoming a sergeant, and in the end, I think it was a good choice. Um, about the salary, uh, for me it was 115 euros per month, which is 
well, it's nice, but it really doesn't motivate anybody <laughs> to go there. So, yeah, and you will get a little higher salary as a surgeon, but that's not really the motivation for most people. Did most of your friends from high school also do military service um, immediately? I think, actually, not most of my friends. The girls can go into the military, but, like, it's very unpopular. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've heard in, like, Israel, like, women actually want to go there, but that's not the case in Estonia. Mm-hmm. Very few girls decide to go there. And uh, for boys, I think many of my friends just went straight to the university university and they want to deal with it later uh, for me I just wanted to get it out of the way mm-hmm. so I can go straight from bachelor's to master's mm-hmm. but of course some of my classmates still went uh, to the military as well did you have like any particular reaction from like your parents or your friends or your teachers when you made the decision um, I think most of my um, adult acquaintances if you will uh, were very mixed in their opinion. Some thought that it's very good to get it out of the way, but others said that, for example, after the military, maybe I wouldn't be as motivated to study because, mm-hmm. you know, in the military, it's anything but studying. Okay, it's studying too, but like <laughs> very different kind of studying. Yeah. So they thought I would become lazy after that, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't think that was the case. But yeah, in general, uh, I think most people thought it's a good idea to get it out of the way. Is there any sort of trend of like men joining the military and then not going to college after who plan to, do you find? Um, I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think most people make up their mind before. And of course, I still think most of the people I saw at the military will not go to college. Mm-hmm. So yes, maybe uh, a lot of people who plan on going to college will try to find some way out of it mm-hmm. altogether. Uh, but yeah, those who know, have no plan of going to college, they're usually the ones, ones who go to the military and mm-hmm. have no problem with it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about like what your day-to-day looked like when you were in the mil- doing your yeah, military service? Yeah, sure. Uh, so in Estonia, it's, you don't really have a lot of decisions what to do in the army because I heard, uh, for example, again in South Korea or Singapore, uh, from what I've heard from Sciences Po mm-hmm. students, that... Uh, uh, it's possible to office jobs like translation or intelligence or uh, something like that. But for conscripts in the Estonian army, it's usually not the case. The best option or the closest one you can get to an office job is maybe a IT spe- specialist. Uh, because we have kind of a specialty to that in Estonia. Uh, but otherwise, you'll pretty much be going to the forest a lot and doing like uh, stereotypical army stuff. Um, for me, I was in the logistics battalion of the army, uh, specifically a unit which was made to protect the uh, convoys. I still got the basic soldier training, like boot camp, like uh, everyone else. Uh, then it was the infantry training, then some uh, skills rated exactly to protecting convoys and then in the end we had uh, big drills with all the neighboring countries and all the branches of the military every day in the boot camp at least we did all the like stereotypical army stuff you hear about like uh, drilling how to march or doing push-ups doing different kind of punishments for stupid things but from then on it was more like studying doing the infantry course just uh, like 
cooperation with their units, how to take formations, um, how to protect convoys uh, later, uh, but uh, day to day, it depends. Sometimes it was in the forest. Um, we had like four day forest camps, so-called. In the forest, it was of course totally different. There were less rules, just had to uh, follow the training, um, but uh, in the barracks, uh, mostly it was like studying in class, just general army tactics, uh, and yeah, then it was more boring, I would say. But uh, yeah, it was hard to decide which one I liked more. Mm. In the barracks, it was like really, you had to do everything like correctly and not break any protocol, but in the forest at the same time. One time we went there and there was like 30 centimeters of ice. So we were like kind of lucky we didn't have too much water in our tent. But uh, another unit, literally some of the guys woke up in a pool of cold water, uh, which sounded horrible. So yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So when you were doing the military service, did you have, were you able to be in contact with friends and family at home or what did that look like? Uh, yeah, well, generally, yes, there was an allocated time. Uh, pretty much every evening to use the phone. Of course, during the boot camp, it was like very restricted. I had maybe five minutes a day to mm -hmm. use the phone. Uh, but from then on, I mean, during the military service, it only kept getting like chiller and more lax. So in the end, we could pretty much use the phone whether, whenever we wanted. Okay. Uh, but in a forest, generally, we were not allowed to use the phone. And there were like strict punishments for that. Um, but in general, yeah, it was quite easy, uh, just every day to uh, stay in touch with your friends and family. It was no problem. I'm curious, what was the, I guess, like emotional experience for you? Like when you first were going, were you nervous or scared or anything? And how did that change over the course of the eight months? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like uh, I had, of course, heard many stories about the army, like every guy in Estonia. And uh, the first way day was, well, it wasn't maybe as horrible as I thought, but uh, I guess the most horrible part was when we had to take all of our equipment from the storage and walk to the barracks. I think it's like, I don't know, 40 kilograms at least. We had to carry all of that by hand. And I had a plastic bag with, and I had the genius idea of putting everything in there, uh, not like the proper backpack. So it broke on the way and it was impossible to like take all the stuff at the same time and keep going and I saw everybody was looking at me and it was like the worst experience but yeah and like over time I really started bonding with my uh, unit how do you say unit mates mm -hmm. uh, with the uh, guys in my room as well like uh, obviously we all came from different backgrounds and they had like very different opinions of everything I don't know like what they liked, of course, was very different from mine. But in the end, we were all in this together and it really made the whole experience much easier. It was kind of more like a nuisance uh, than something to be afraid of. So yeah, in the end, it just became like a normal life. Uh, although, yes, in the beginning, I was really scared and nervous. Since the military service is required in Estonia, are what is like the sentiment among the people doing the service are they like proud to be serving are they just kind of annoyed that they have to do it uh yeah it very much depends uh but i think in general from uh the impressions of my unit definitely most people are like against it 
personally, I believe it's necessary. And of course, I didn't like doing it, but it's something I had to do, so I respect it. But yeah, there are many people who really complained all the time mm-hmm. about everything. Of course, I did that too sometimes. <laughs> but some people, like, even the food, it was totally fine. But mm-hmm. some people just couldn't, like, put it into their mouth, which was really surprising. Like, if there was an actual war, then I don't see how they could survive. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, general, in the people who are in the army, I think it's more negative. Although it depends on the unit as well, because for me, it was the logistics unit and you know, nobody really wanted to come into the logistics unit. I mean, I chose it because I thought it would be kind of like easy and also <laughs> it was close to home, but there are like more dedicated units to infantry. And I think the people who really liked the army will go there instead. Mm. So I can't speak for those units, but yeah, for us, it was generally more negative. Interesting. Were you serving with guys that were all different ages or were they mostly your age? Or? Uh, mostly my age. Uh, there were some exceptions, like uh, people who had already had a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, I think everybody was more or less uh, 18, 19, 20. So, yeah. How would you say the year affected you as a whole, as a person? Like, Do you feel like you were a very different person when you started versus when you ended? I thought that at first, but I think in general, it didn't change me a lot. Of course, it taught me uh, different things, you know, what's really important, like uh, being without warmth and food and Mm -hmm. comfort for a long time. Uh, It made me appreciate those things a lot. Also, I think it made me realize that uh, even when the people you had to work with are like completely different from you, like you can still have fun with them and still bond with them a lot. Um, that's what I think I learned, but in the end, I don't think it changed me that much. I mean, it's just eight months, like, it's not such a long period. And mm-hmm. of course, unlike some people uh, believe, I don't believe it's like a huge uh, challenge or anything like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. in the end, I think it's uh, pretty much part of life. And do you think like anything that you learned during the year or just spending so much time off from school affected your performance in school now? Uh, that I definitely think, yes. Uh, just like having to do so much intellectual work uh, suddenly after being away from that for a long time, it's kind of challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I went to high school focused on maths and now when I have to take math lessons, it feels like, oh, well, just <laughs> everything has been lost. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I'll, of course, I'll be able to get back on track. Um, and well, uh, the subjects in Sciences Po didn't really exist in my high school, so mm-hmm. that's kind of a different story. But mm-hmm. in general, I think, if, of course, it affected me academically. So what was the hardest part about taking a gap year? Well, I guess the most difficult part was that when I got accepted into Sciences Po, I uh, went on the WhatsApp group and I actually met a girl there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean Cadon from Toulouse, uh, and we started dating. I went to see her in France, um, but of course we know that we will be away from each other for a year, so uh, I think that was the hardest part, just being away from her. And of course we had some chances to meet, but uh, in general, yeah, I was really, really waiting just to see her, and I think that, uh, um, yeah, that part was the hardest. Yeah, and. Basing from the experience of like spending time away from school and everything, would you take another gap year in the future at some point? If not to do military service, but to do anything else? I don't 
think so. I mean, unless a really unique and amazing opportunity came, uh, I don't think I would do it. Uh, from now, I just prefer to do anything, everything in a row and uh, get done with my education, basically. Uh, but yeah, it depends uh, if there was really some amazing, I don't know, work opportunity or anything like that, then I would take it. Nice. And then the last question that I have is, what advice would you give to someone else considering taking a gap year? It's a really good question. Uh, for me, I took it because I had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in general, uh, I would say just... Uh, if you really want to take it, then take it. Like, uh, you don't really have to think a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't lose that much uh, during the gap year, so if you really think it's worth it, then go for it. Thank you so much for doing the interview. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll see you next week with the next episode.